The In Search of America podcast, copyright 2017, all rights reserved. Music by Keith Medley at keithmedleymusic.com. April 13th, 2016, A Serendipitous Journey. This was one of those rare trips when I allowed someone to accompany me. In fact, I actually invited this person to come along. His name is Gary Ritchie, and Gary has been a dear friend for more than a decade. He has heard me speak often of Mississippi Highway 61, so I thought how appropriate it would be to have him come along on this journey. Mississippi Highway 61 better known as the Blues Highway, traverses the Mississippi Delta from north to south, and it passes through such legendary towns like Tunica, Clarksdale, Marigold, and Cleveland. Highway 61 also passes not far from Indianola, Mississippi, the home of legendary bluesman B.B. King. Gary and I began this multi-day journey in the city of Memphis, Tennessee, eating barbecue and listening to a variety of music in the bars of Beale Street. But what really kicked this adventure off, kicked it into high gear right off the bat, was our first night in Memphis, and Gary and I were out walking around, and we turned the corner onto Beale Street, and there before us was an impromptu drum line set up stretching from one side of Beale to the other, snare drums and bass drums and cymbals and a variety of percussion instruments that I never even knew existed. And these young men just beat on these instruments and their bodies writhed in rhythmic motion and the sound just went crazy and the small crowd that had gathered was enthralled as these musicians played almost nonstop for more than an hour. After the drumline had finished playing, Gary and I walked a short distance to the Rum Boogie Cafe. Inside, there was only one table left available, and it happened to be right in front of the stage where Pam and Terry were playing an acoustic set. The song they were playing as we sat down at our table was Lukenbach, Texas. The following afternoon, Gary and I were back down on Beale Street, this time at the Blue City Cafe where we sat on bar stools listening to blind Mississippi Moors playing the blues. Early on Sunday morning, after a massive breakfast at Brother Juniper's, Gary and I headed across the border into Mississippi. Our first stop was in Tunica to visit the Hollywood, a restaurant of local fame, but then it gained worldwide fame with the song by Mark Cohen, Walking in Memphis, where he sang about playing the piano with Muriel at the Hollywood. The story is true. Next, we stopped at Nixon's Juke Joint, but they too were not open for business yet, so we continued on to Clarksdale, the legendary town where bluesman Robert Johnson sold his soul to the devil in return for his amazing talents. As we drove to Tunica and then continued on to Clarksdale, I was playing a CD for Gary by bluesman Deke Harp, a great blues harp player out of Clarksdale, Mississippi. I wanted Gary to get a feel for this man's music and for the man himself because I was hoping that we would have a chance for Gary to meet him. Arriving in Clarksdale, our first stop was to Deke's. Unfortunately, being Sunday, Deke was closed. At this point, Gary suggested that we might want to find a place to eat. After all, it had been quite some time since we had breakfast at Brother Juniper's. Almost immediately, Gary sputted a sign on a storefront 
that said Bluesberry Cafe. As we walked through the front door, I noticed two men sitting in a booth on the left side of the interior and as far back as the booths went. At first, I thought they were customers, albeit the only customers in the restaurant. As it turned out, one of the men was the owner, and the other was a customer that had arrived much earlier and stayed on for what I came to learn, a lot of great conversation about the blues. The owner exited the booth and came over to greet Gary and me after telling us that they were no longer serving food. After talking for a few minutes, another man emerged from the kitchen at the back of the restaurant. He was wearing an old, worn sweatshirt that was covered in signatures. The owner introduced the man as Watermelon Slim. He went on to tell us that Slim would be playing at Red's Blues Club later that night, at which point Slim chimed in and informed us that he would begin playing early because he needed to leave in time to drive all night in order to be in Tulsa, Oklahoma the following day to be inducted into the Jazz Hall of Fame. At that point, I was very intrigued by Slim, but before I could continue the conversation, I needed to visit the men's room. When I came out of the men's room, Slim had returned to the kitchen where he was finishing his chores as a dishwasher. As I neared his washing station, Slim appeared from behind a short wall so that we could talk. He told me that he was a bit short on time because after he finished the dishes, he needed to go back into the recording studio, which was just down the road, to finish laying down a few remaining tracks for his new CD. Now I knew that there was a story. I asked Slim if I could make a few photographs of him washing dishes and then come by the recording studio to photograph him there. He was fine with me photographing him washing the dishes. However, he was reluctant to give me the okay to come by the recording studio since that wasn't his decision to make. When I sensed his reluctance, I backed away from the situation and simply said that I would see him later that evening at Red's. Still hungry, Gary and I drove a few blocks to a new restaurant called Levon's, which had been recommended to us by the owner of Bluesberry. Levon's is owned by a husband and wife who moved to Clarksdale from Australia just a few months before. As I pulled into the parking space that paralleled the sidewalk, a camper van pulled in right behind me. It was Deke, and he was performing at Levon's that afternoon. When Deke saw me, he seemed thrilled and then said that our timing was perfect. We could help him unload the equipment from his van. Gary was elated and even more so when Deke handed Gary his prized guitar to carry inside. For the next few hours, Gary and I ate, drank beer, and listened to Deke play the blues. Then we climbed back into the car and headed for Marigold, Mississippi. I wanted Gary to see the legendary Poe Monkey's juke joint and hopefully to meet Mr. Willie, the proprietor. Unfortunately, Mr. Willie wasn't in, but Gary still had the experience of being there, of standing in the presence of Mississippi Blues history. As afternoon had transitioned into evening, Gary and I arrived at Red's. We arrived early so that we would have time to get the perfect seat, and also to grab a beer before the crowds came in. As it turned out, there was a small crowd that night, perhaps because it was Sunday. Soon, Watermelon Slim laid his dobro on his lap and began to play. It was the old-style blues, and Slim's voice was dirty and gritty, the way the blues should be sung. 
We stayed for a couple of hours, then drove back to Memphis to spend the night, our last night on this adventure. The following morning, we timed it so that we could begin our drive back to Nashville with a meal at Memphis Barbecue, by far the best pork barbecue anywhere. We each had a full rack of dry rub baby back ribs with a side of coleslaw, stuffing our bellies nearly beyond their capacity. It was the perfect way to end this journey. On the surface, this was a journey into the heart of the blues culture, but much deeper, this was a journey of serendipitous events that came together without planning, preparation, or control. It was a journey about the flow of life and allowing life to unfold as it does naturally. That's when the magic prevails, and it certainly did for Gary and me. The In Search of America podcast, copyright 2017, all rights reserved. Music by Keith Medley at keithmedleymusic.com. Thank you.